0: book of Job chapter 14 verse 14 and uh, this is what that verse says if a man die shall he live again all the days of my appointed time I will wait until my change comes if a man die will he live again that was the question of Job Job is the oldest book in the Bible and that particular time, long time ago, that is the question he asked. If a man die, will he live again? Now you must understand with Job, Job was uh, very intimate with God, and Job was a righteous man. And the devil came to God one day, and God was uh, bragging a little bit about Job. He said, look at my man Job, he lives a good life, the upright life, he's a righteous man. And the devil said to God, the reason why he does all that is just because you give him something, you bless him. God said, all right, I'll take my hand off him, and and we'll see that that's the case. So God lifted his hand off Job, and he said to the devil, you can do whatever you want with Job, but don't kill him. Now that's a strange statement, because uh, it, it kind of tells us that in the Old Testament, The devil had the power over death because God had to tell him not to kill Job. And so the devil brings tremendous suffering and pain upon Job. you read the story of Job, you'll see how this man suffered. And you can imagine after all that suffering, he would question, uh, he would perhaps say to himself, I'd rather die than continue like this. And yet he asked this question, if a man die, will he live again? And many people down through the ages have asked that question. There are people today who are not sure what happens to you when you die. And they ask those questions, and yet there are many voices and many opinions. And unfortunately, many people don't listen to God's voice, but they listen to the voice of man. There are those who believe in the reincarnation, You die, you come back like a butterfly, or you die, or you come back like an orange. We don't quite know what you're going to come back like, but that's what happens. And then there are others who say, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. The grave is the end. And then there's still other opinions, and uh, we often listen to the opinion of man instead of listening to what God has to say, even in our own lives. Sometimes as Christians, we, we, we don't. Search the scriptures when we have to make decisions. We don't search the scriptures when uh, we're going through difficult times. We listen to other people. And many times we get the wrong information that leads us in the wrong direction. That's why it's important as those that have been born again, the children of God, that we put our faith and our trust in the author and the finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus will never fail you and Jesus will never let you down. Let me tell you this morning, man will fail you. Man will let you down. Man changes. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And so we can trust Him. We can trust Him in every area of our lives. We can let Him structure us. We can allow Him to discipline us. And we allow Him to direct us. Then we will do things that will be pleasing to God. Now, We need to listen to Jesus and hear what he has to say because Jesus said this. He said, He that hears my sayings and does them, I will liken unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. He says, The rains descended, the floods came, the wind blew, and it beat upon that house, but it stood because it was founded on a rock. And then he says, Those that hear my sayings and don't do them, They are like a man who's built his house upon sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the wind blew, beat upon that house, and great was the fall of that house. Now, you don't want your house to fall. You don't want to build on the wrong foundation. You don't want to build on sand. And many times, the opinion of man is sand. We want to build uh, our lives on the rock, Christ Jesus. Amen. So we can weather the storms that come our way. So God Word is important to us. And uh, we need to take heed to what He has to say. The Word, the Bible, is the written Word of God. Jesus is the living Word. And the living Word and the written Word always harmonizes. They never, ever contradict one another. So you can put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. The Word of God, uh, is unshakable, unmovable. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. Numerable God haters like Herod, Stalin, and Hitler rise and fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. And so we can build our lives on something that will endure. Amen. Now, we listen to some of the writers in scriptures and this. Uh, what they say is something that helps us. For example, the, the, the one writer says, uh, "Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of your word gives me understanding." Psalm one says, "Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But he's the light is in the word of the Lord, and what and whatever he doth, it will prosper." and Day and night he delights in God's word. Blessed is that man. And so I want to encourage you today uh, concerning this particular subject, life after death, and put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, death is a terrible thing. And yet the Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die. We need to know where death comes from. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created Adam and Eve in His own image and likeness, breathed into them the breath of life, and they became living souls. God is the author of life. And He gives them life, and He puts them in a perfect environment. And He gives them one command that they must not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For the day that they eat thereof, they will die. So they disobeyed God. Satan came along and caused them to disobey God. They ate of that tree, and immediately they died spiritually and were facing a physical death. You see, Adam and Eve could walk in the garden during the day, and they could speak to God because God was present. God God was in fellowship with them. But the moment they sinned, God put them out of the garden, and there was a separation between God and them. And once they were out of the garden, they were also to face physical death. Now, the Bible says that sin comes through the devil because the devil is the author of sin, and the fruit of sin is death. So the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, we have to understand there is spiritual death and there is physical death. The Bible says when we are separated from God, because that is what death is. Death is a separation. And spiritual death means my soul, my spirit, is separated from God because of sin. The Bible says your sin has separated you from God. So we have a sin problem, and uh, we are spiritually dead. It says in the New Testament that we are dead In our spirits, we are dead unto God. Now, we have to face a physical death. That means the separation of spirit soul from the body. And uh, that is the condition of man because of disobedience. Disobedience is the essence of all sin. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus wants us to have eternal life. And so Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, came into this world to die for our sins. There upon the cross, he took all the sin of the world. And he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. And so when Jesus hung on that cross and he said, It is finished, he wasn't saying that it's over, I've lost the battle. No, it was the cry of of a victor because he was saying, father that what you sent me to do it is finished and now for the first time whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved heaven open up to the cry of every man woman and young person for the forgiveness of sin because of jesus perfect work on the cross not only now do we experience the forgiveness of sin and we are resurrected from the deadness of sin, but He also gives eternal life because Jesus rose again on the third day, conquered the grave, conquered death, and said, I am He that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and death. A great work happened when Jesus died on the cross and rose again. He defeated Satan, stripped Him of His power and His authority, And the only way that Satan can get a hold of our lives today is through deceit, through lies. He's the father of lies. Jesus had taken from him the keys of hell and death. Now every person can have eternal life. But while Jesus was here on earth, wherever he went, there was the kingdom. Because Jesus is the king of the kingdom. And he rules and reigns supremely. And where the kingdom is, there are the principles of the kingdom. The Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, when Jesus came in his human body, wherever he went under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he destroyed the works of the devil. There were people who were sick; he healed them. There were those that were blind; he opened their eyes. There were those who were demon possessed; he cast out the demons and he set them free. And he even raised someone from the dead. You remember Lazarus was in the grave; he'd been there four days. His two sisters, Mary and Martha, Martha were really broken. They were weeping. They were sorrowful because their brother was died. The brother had died, but before that. He was sick, and they sent a message asking Jesus to come. But Jesus came late, and when Jesus got there, Lazarus was dead. And so they were broken. They said to Jesus, if you were here a few days earlier, you would have been able to save him. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that liveth and believeth in me will never die. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And that dead man is raised from the dead and he comes out of that tomb. And as he comes out of that tomb, Jesus says, he's wrapped in bandages. That's how they used to bury people and wrap them up in bandages. Jesus says, loosen him and let him go. Lazarus was raised from the dead, but Lazarus was raised to die again. He did not receive eternal life when Jesus raised him from the dead. He was going to die again. But there's a beautiful picture there when Jesus calls Lazarus from the tomb because He's calling many of us today who are dead in our trespasses and sin. We are really living in tombs. We're living in the realm of death. We are dead unto God. But He's calling us. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is the call of God. He's calling us unto resurrection life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Many, many people all around the world today are hearing the call of God through the gospel. That's why we must never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. And so this morning, my dear friend, if you're living in darkness, if you're living in sin, and you're living without any hope, without any peace, there's a message for you today from God, and it is the gospel that God loves you, and He wants to raise you from the deadness of sin, and He wants to make you alive unto Him, that you can walk in the cool of the day and say, hello God, because of that wonderful relationship you have through Him. Amen. Amen. And so, there is resurrection. Resurrection, and what you understand when you step Out of that tube, you are still wrapped in bandages, that which represents death, the old life. That's why salvation is instant, but to become mature is a process. The bandage has to be taken off, and slowly as you surrender to God, slowly as you read and learn the Word of God, and you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, and the circumstances of life to work in your life, the bandages are taken taken off slowly, but surely, until we come to full maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, spiritual life is come to give everyone. And I said, "Whosoever will call upon his name shall be saved." But he also conquered death, and that's why the great promise of John 3:16 is, He'll give us eternal life. We will live forever and ever, as God's plan was in the beginning. The plan seemed to be messed up, but God has taken charge, taken control, and His plan will come to pass. So, if we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the moment we do that, we have eternal life. Amen. We know for sure that if a man die, he shall live again. And this, the Scriptures speak about it, especially in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he's explaining to them about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he says. He says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, That word sleep means die. We will not all die, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thanks to God, He gives us victory over sin and death. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong, be immovable, always working with enthusiasm for the Lord. For you know, nothing you do for the Lord is ever in vain. There he speaks about the resurrection. Mortality puts on immortality. Now, when, when the Scripture speaks to us in this way, it is always good for us to have a look at the great example Jesus is not only our Savior, our Redeemer, our intercessor, our soon-coming King, but He is also our great example. Whether it is prayer, whether it is uh, uh, healing, whatever it may be, Jesus is our example. And Jesus was raised from the dead after He died on the cross. And for 40 days, He appears unto many people, plus the disciples. And they recognize Him. But now He has been resurrected from the dead. He now has that immortal body. He now has that incorruptible body. He now has that glorified body that God has promised to all of His children. You see, they recognize Jesus. In fact, Jesus said to that one, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended to my Father. Another time He said to Thomas, put your finger in the prints in my hands and see that it is I. So Jesus in that resurrected glorified body could walk through a wall, could disappear and yet still eat. But that was his resurrected glorified body. And he says, that's the body we will get as those who put our faith and trust in Jesus. In other words, a man or a woman who serves the Lord dies It is their body that goes to the grave. You cannot go to the graveside and speak to that person because it's just their body that will turn to dust. The spirit, the soul has already left and gone to be with the Lord. That's why the psalmist says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Immediately. So it is the body that goes to the grave. There's a separation. The spirit and the soul goes to be with the Lord. And so... We are going to be resurrected, and uh, our bodies are going to change, just like Jesus did. Now, uh, in Thessalonians he speaks about the hope of the resurrection, and this is what he says. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died. If a man die, will he live again? I want you to know what will happen to people who are in Christ. And have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. So if they are in the grave, how can He bring them back with Him? They're not in the grave, they are with Him. Their spirit and their souls are with Him. It is the body that is in the grave. And yet it explains And He says, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living, when the Lord returns, will not meet Him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, First, the believers who have died will rise from the grave. Their bodies will rise from the grave. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will we be with the Lord. So he says that when Jesus comes back, Jesus is coming back, by the way, in case you don't know that. We don't know, but he's coming back. Uh, Uh, we, We can try everything that we want to. We will never, ever rectify this planet. It needs a Savior. And Jesus is the Savior. And He's coming back again. That is the blessed hope of the church that we can expect Him to receive. Now He says when He returns, He comes back with the believers that have died, their spirit and their souls. Then He says there's a shout, there's a voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God sounds, and the dead in Christ, all those dead bodies are resurrected, body, soul, and spirit come together, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen? Man will live after death. Life is in Christ, And then he goes on and he says this, So encourage each other with these words. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord hallelujah, we have peace, we have understanding that there is life after death, that we will live with God for all eternity, Jesus said, so he said, in my Father's house on many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you so, but I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there may he be also, he's preparing a place. Hallelujah. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor does it enter into the heart of man, the wonderful things that God has prepared for those that love Him. The best is yet to come for every child of God. We do not stand at the graveside and sorrow as we have no hope. We are hopers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Glorious resurrection day is coming and Jesus is coming back. Now, When Jesus went to heaven, the Bible says he he was standing there and a cloud took him up, and the disciples were shocked. They didn't expect that to happen. See, Jesus rising, that's his ascension. So there appears two men in white apparel, which were angels, and they said, ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into heaven? The same Jesus you see go up into heaven, is coming back again. The same Jesus. You see, just yesterday I saw there's a man in Australia. He says he's Jesus. And people are following. Now, if he was here this morning, and he he would say to me, I am the resurrected Jesus, I would ask him, where are the scars in your hands and your feet? You see, when Jesus went back to the Father, He took something that's never been in heaven before, that glorified human body. There's a man in glory this morning, and his name is Jesus. He took that glorified body, and he's in that body in heaven. The Bible says he's coming back again. And the Jews will say to him when they see him, where did you get those scars in your hands and your feet? And he's going to say to them, I received it in the house of my friends. You remember the Bible says Jesus came for the Jews first. And they did not receive him. they the ones that crucified him. Our sin. But they did the work. And so Jesus will return. We will know him by the nail prints in his hands and his feet. Hallelujah. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for a glorious, victorious church. He's not coming back for a backslidden, defeated church. He's coming back for people who are enthusiastic about Him. He's coming back for men, women, and young people who are willing to surrender everything for Him. He's coming back for people who've made the greatest decision in life, and that is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you may say, what about those that reject Jesus, they will also live forever, but their life is not life, it's death. And the reason why their life is not life and death, because they will be separated from God for all eternity. Someone said to me one day, why, why do you think that a wonderful, loving God would allow people to go into a lost eternity? Why would He, put them, why would he allow people to go to hell? You know, folk, God doesn't put people in hell. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. Devil and his angels. Men and women go there by their own free choice. You have a choice to make. Every one of us comes to the crossroads of life, and we have to make a decision. Do we continue the way we are, depending on ourselves, living our own way, doing our own thing? are willing to surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. He came and died for our sins so that all of us can be forgiven. Once again, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What about you today? What about you this morning? If a man lived, If a man die, will he live again? Yes. Two different places. Would you make a decision today? Would you choose the right place today? Would you say today, I'm going to make a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. My life is out of control. I found no peace. I've got no hope. I've got no joy. Everything is in a mess. Maybe it's not like that. Maybe you're just away from God, but you don't know Him. Will you make that decision today? He's here in our midst. He's here with compassion, mercy, and love. His grace is extended to each and every one of us, no matter what we've done, no matter what our past is. He's willing to wipe it out, make new creatures out of us. Will you be a man and a woman and a young person today to say, yes, I'm making a decision for Christ.